Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hey guys, welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today is a really awesome episode and an amazing birth story from Jessica. Now, Jessica is a beautiful example of basically having a home birth in a hospital. (laughs) Now, that may not make sense when you first hear it, but think about it. What if you want all of the aspects of home birth and you want to create a very intentional environment for yourself, baby, and birth team, but you're not quite ready for a home birth or it just doesn't really resonate with you and you prefer some of the things that come with birthing in a hospital? Well, that's basically what Jessica created. And growing up kind of fearful of birth, it's such an amazing breakthrough to hear from her and hear her describe having an empowered birth despite all of that and feeling very secure and very confident in her choice and just having this overall magical experience. So we are all about that. We are all about empowered, confident, supported birth wherever you choose to do it. And so this is for you mamas out there or mamas who have friends who are maybe into the idea of home birth, but aren't quite sold or or need some more time, or you just want to blend the worlds together and just create your own awesome, unique, beautiful birth experience. So here it is. And thank you so much to Jessica for letting us share her story. Hey, Jessica, welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Awesome. We're super, super excited to have you here on the Doing It at Home podcast. And once again, thanks for carving out some time to just chat with us and share your amazing birth story. We're excited. I'm excited too. Yeah. So Jessica, I feel a very special connection with you. Um, We got hooked up through Monica Smith, episode 39. She has been a treasure trove of connections for us. Yes. And you will always be a part of my first Mother's Day because we actually got together with Monica and you um, and spent time together on that day. So that's something that I'll always remember. So I appreciate that. And you'll, you'll be a part of that. Oh, I'll always remember that too. That is very special to me as well. It's a it's a good celebration, and I'm honored to know people like you and Monica. Mm. I'm happy for the connection. Mm-hmm. Give thanks. So, um, to kick us off, why don't you just share a little bit about you and who you are and who's in your family? Okay. 
Yeah, so I'm Jessica Haberman, soon to be Thomas. My fiance and I are getting married in about five weeks, and we are both graduating from Life University um, in less than two weeks, next Friday. And our little baby girl, Shane, is 10 months, and we're all heading back to Ohio, where we're from, to open up our chiropractic office. Um, Yeah, so that's our fam. So you got a pretty boring. Yeah, I was just gonna uh, say you haven't been months, up so huh? much. <laughs> yeah, I just sit at home all day and like look at the the ceiling. Not much going on. <laughs> wow, that's oh awesome. My gosh. That is so cool. Yeah, so you have a stuff. you have a graduation, and then a couple weeks later, the the wedding. Yeah, that's, so, that's and a move. That's awesome. And then ten days later, first birthday, which I don't understand. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, that is what we're we're here about, right? The the birthday that we're going to be celebrating yes. and honoring of baby Shane. Um, can you just mm-hmm. set us up with some background on, you know, when you found out you were pregnant and the the pregnancy journey and how you planned for birth? Just a little bit about that. Yeah, so Shane chose us about a year earlier than we expected her to choose us. So it wasn't necessarily a planned pregnancy, but it was definitely an intentional pregnancy Mm. uh, with Zach and I. And um, so it was November and I found out I was pregnant and I, I was, I was more thrilled than I thought I'd be, but also surprisingly, I kind of felt like a teenager. Like I felt like, Oh my gosh, what are my parents going to say? I I don't know why, because I'm, I'm going to be 30 in a couple of months. You know, I was 28 at the time and, but I still felt this like weird feeling like I was going to get in trouble. I think because Zach and I were still in school um, and we were away from family. So it was an interesting mesh of feelings, but we were thrilled. Um, And I think you guys have interviewed a few chiropractors. Mm -hmm. You kind of get like the philosophy. Yeah. The philosophy that, that we all have, um, about birth and it just being such a natural process. So having Zach in that chiropractic world and me just kind of in the health coaching world, I was ready for it and I was excited for it, but I still had some fears behind it. Mm. So I think most women say that their, you know, their birth transforms them. But I think my transformation process started much earlier in the pregnancy because I, I learned quickly that I was seeking comfort and seeking wisdom and seeking everything from everyone else around me and everyone else around me, you know, I'm in a community of home birth. And before I got pregnant, I was, you know, at life for a few years learning about home birth, so inspired by some friends. And when I got pregnant, that shifted for me. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this at home. I didn't like the house I was living in. We're renting while we're here. And I felt a lot of guilt and shame and I didn't know how to handle it. And I didn't know if Zach was going to be okay with it because I knew he wanted a home birth. But my transformation started so early because I, I found my voice. And I feel like that was the first time in my life almost that I could confidently like express my voice. And I knew I had choices. Like I just took control of my life. And I think I was out of control up until that moment. And I was so empowered by just the ability to take control of my life and say, you know what? I don't know if home birth is for me. I'm a little freaked out by this. I don't, it's so unknown. 
I don't know what to expect. Can I handle the pain? What if something happens? Um, so I found my voice pretty early and expressed that. And we moved forward with finding a midwifery and planning a, uh, a hospital birth, which I know you guys don't hear about a lot. That's true. We don't. But that's why I was so excited to talk to you. Yeah. And like you said, um, there's there can be a lot of judgment around what you choose, especially depending on who's around you. Um, and a, lo- yeah. a lot of the women we've talked to are choosing home birth when they're not getting that reinforcement around them. But then there can be the other side too, where you have a lot of examples of home birth around you and maybe it doesn't resonate and that's cool. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you would like that experience, but because of some sort of complication or the way your pregnancy flows, that's just not what ends up for you. And yet you can still own your experience and have this magical blissful birth, which I know you did. And so that's why your story needs to be out there and women Mm -hmm. need to hear that, the possibilities are limitless if you're just willing and open to to accept that and to open yourself up to that. Yeah, it's all about choices. And, you know, I joke, I feel like I had a home birth in a hospital. And it was, <laughs> oh, just, a, cool. it was just a bit, I really did. You know, I was in the water, I had the lights off, you know, Zach set up the whole scene for me with, you know, dim lighting and candles and a diffuser. And it was just, it was really him and I for you know, 75% of the entire thing, just because it was all about our choices. We were just pretty clear throughout the process of asking all of our questions and can we do this? And are we allowed to do this? And will you back off if I say this? And so we were able to really create exactly what we wanted, a nice little home birth, but in a hospital where I just felt secure and supported. So it was really cool. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Mm-hmm. I want to take a minute just to recognize you for uh, for a number of things. Um, first, you're you know you, you say you talk about how you found your voice and you know that transformation. Uh, it's one thing to find your voice, but it's another thing to actually use it and to speak up and to you know to to, to express yourself. And you know it's very hard to do when you're in a. I can only imagine being in a progressive setting like the chiropractic school and surrounded by people who are are really you know, supportive and not saying that they weren't supportive of hospital, but, um, just mm-hmm. there's a lot of examples of home birth and, and out of hospital birth. And then I, I can only imagine what that's like to, to then decide like, you know what, I, I do want to be in a hospital. I, I feel more comfortable there. And so I think that's amazing yeah. for you to, um, express, express yourself and share your truth in that sense. Um, but then also when you, started working with your hospital and your doctor to then ask those questions like, hey, I want to 
can we do this? I'd like to have this. Will you back off when I say this? Because that's another yeah. area where people just assume that you have to do it 100% their way. And when you just shared yeah. that you had a hospital birth with the lights dim and a diffuser and candles and water, I was like, wow, I didn't know that was possible. Mm-hmm. So just kudos to you. Yeah, I just, thanks. Yeah, we made it super clear of what we wanted. And if it, if we had, you know, we were really fortunate with the midwifery that we had. They kind of run the, the whole birthing floor at this hospital down here. But we just were super clear with what we wanted. And we didn't come across any challenges or any, like, resistance. But if we had, you know, that's where choices come in. And that's where it's like, okay, well, we'll find somebody else because there are millions of people on this earth that want to help you have the birth of your dreams. We just have to seek them out, Mm. you know. And I grew up, you know, scared of birth. You know, I had examples of of friends and family and, you know, what we see on the media. It's like this traumatic experience. And I was, I, I felt rebellious because of that. I felt like that was almost fuel for me to be like, no, like we are animals. This is something that has always happened. Like this is the most natural process of life that there is. And so the only example I really had um, of, like a laid back approach to birth was my mom, but she didn't talk about birth a lot, but she had four babies, um, all in the hospital, but all unmedicated. And she just always made birth seem like no big deal. It was like just this nonchalant thing. And when I was growing up, I was kind of turned off by it. I was like, that's really weird. You know, this is like, this should be scary. I almost found her to be like too masculine and too tough. And I felt like she was hiding her emotions, but then when I went through the experience, you know, I had this really emotional conversation with my mom because I thought she was masculine then, but really she is like the divine feminine. You know, she was the true, she, she just, it's like survival, you know, because we are animals. She just, she gathered all the strength that she needed for her and her baby to get through that experience. And I've never, it was so great for me to see her in a different light, you know, because she was, she's the divine feminine. She taught me how to just handle it, you know? And I think I always thought that I would be this protector of my baby, but I really think that my baby was like this protector of me. I felt like she guided me through the whole thing. And it was just, it's just the coolest experience. I just think pregnancy and birth is just like so fascinating. Oh, we agree with you. <laughs> We're right there. That's yeah, we, beautiful. We spend a little bit of time talking about it weekly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's super cool. Um, Jessica, I think now is a great point to just pause for just like 60 seconds, and then we're going to jump right back in and talk about Baby Shane's birth. Today's episode is sponsored by us, Matthew and Sarah Bivens. We are up to some pretty cool things and have some sweet businesses ourselves. And so we're going to take about the next hundred-ish seconds to share each other's businesses and what we're up to. Yes, we are. So Sarah, you are an amazing balanced lifestyle coach. And Sarah works with first-time moms and new moms who are trying to find some balance in their new role. So if you're a mom out there who's experiencing that burnt out feeling from running around and taking care of everyone else, if you're losing your sense of self in your new role as a mom, or if you're frustrated with creating and sustaining healthy lifestyle habits, then Sarah has something amazing for you. It's called Balanced Mama. And it's a three-month, one-on-one, super personal coaching experience with Sarah. 
If you're interested, you can learn more at sarahbivens.com slash balancedmama. And you, Matthew, sir, for as long as I've known you, you have had an extensive background in business development and marketing. And now what you do is you work with businesses who want to reach an engaged audience, boost their authority, and really increase their revenue through the power of podcasting. You kind of knowing what you're doing in the world of podcasting, this is actually your third show. So what you do is you can help, one, launch the show, two, eliminate that technology headache, which is so real, things like equipment, editing, publishing, promoting, things that people don't want to do typically, and three, helping to grow and monetize the show. So if you're a business owner out there, an entrepreneur, or a thought leader expert in a certain area, and you've thought about podcasting, go for it. People really want to hear what you have to say. Trust us. Take our word for it. Anyway, go to matthewbivens.com slash podcast. Again, that's matthewbivens.com slash podcast to learn more. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about birthing time and that that time frame. Um, what was going on and what, what was the mood? What were the vibes? All right. Yeah. So I was, I was almost 42 weeks pregnant. I was oh, 41 wow. weeks and six days. Yeah. So my mom had actually come in town, um, like when I was like 39 weeks pregnant, because we were pretty sure it was coming and I was having some, what I thought then were contractions, but they weren't They were, you know, just some tightness, no big deal. So my mom had been in town for a while and she was lucky enough to work from like work remotely, but I felt all this pressure with her being there. Oh, and to add to that, my, my sister was pregnant with her third baby and she was due like five weeks after me, but her previous pregnancy, she'd always gone a couple weeks early and I was a couple weeks late. So we were really nervous that we were going to have babies at the same time in different states <laughs> and my mom would miss it. It all worked out, but I felt a lot of pressure. You know, people texting me like, are you going to get induced? I'm really worried about you. And I just mm-hmm. kind of had to shut everything off. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I took the whole pregnancy as a, a lesson in life to really learn about myself and go inward and meditate for almost really the first time in my life, like truly meditate. Um, so I was in a really calm place, but I was just getting a little antsy. So Zach and I just took those last few days, you know, I knew I wasn't going to be pregnant forever. So we knew it was coming. So we took, you know, those last few days, luckily we were on a three week summer break from school and I was due the last week, but I went into that second week of the new quarter, but we took a few days to just like really, celebrate like our last moments as as just him and I you know because it was like sneaking up on us and we didn't realize like this is truly these last few moments so we just made a a good intention with each other to just check in and and be there with each other and not be doing anything just be Mm. and so it was probably um, around two or three in the morning on a Saturday Um, I, I woke up and I didn't really feel anything, but I woke up knowing that I had a, had a a contraction in my sleep and I didn't really call them contractions. They say that now just to kind of set the tone, but I, I think our words are powerful and I didn't want to use the word pain or contraction. So I said sensations or surges of energy. Mm. So if you hear me say that, that's what I mean. Right. Gotcha. I like that. I woke. Yeah. it, It changed things for me. It wasn't like, Oh, this is painful. It was just like a surge of energy. And it was like, you know, just observe it and then watch it pass. And that was that. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. 
perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. So I woke up knowing that I had had one, but I didn't feel it. I was like almost contracting in my sleep. So I didn't sleep very well um, throughout the morning. I probably got up around like six or seven and told Zach and told my mom. And um, my contractions were probably about seven to 10 minutes apart for a good eight hours or so. So I just labored at home um, from two or three in the morning on Sunday morning until we went to the hospital finally at like 7.30 or 8 p.m. on Sunday night. And our midwife, of course, was like, well, why don't you just try to go to sleep, you know, sleep through it. We'll check in in the morning. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I I can't lay down. I was on all fours all day. I was either leaning over something or truly on all fours. And I had a really great friend who had um, been through the birthing experience. And she, she told me, she's like, you know, don't worry about any advice anyone's giving you. Like you're the one going through the process. So when you feel it's time, it's time. Mm. And the worst thing they can do is send you home. And so I took that and I, I got to a point in the evening where Zach noticed I had stopped talking through my tra- uh, contractions. And um, I was like, you know what? This is it. I could just tell. I couldn't, I couldn't speak through them. I was down on all fours. So got in the car, which I was nervous about because we we're about, 45 minutes away from the hospital without traffic, but luckily it was Sunday evening. So I had a little bit of anxiety around that, but it was perfect timing. It was the evening on a Sunday. I got in the back seat of the car, like facing the back. My butt was towards the passenger seat and I got on my knees because I just did not want to sit down. So I rode like that and the car, I put my headphones in and the car ride was super quick um, because I was just in it. You know, I was just, I, I didn't know what was happening. Time wasn't really a thing for me. So we got there, we got checked in and the nurse was like, well, you don't really seem like you're in pain. So you're probably going to get sent home. I'm like, okay, whatever you say. And they finally come in and check me and I was five centimeters. So they were like, okay, you can stay, which I was almost like, I know. You don't have that. to tell me. I got it. And so it was interesting. I wasn't sure. If I told Zach a couple of times throughout the pregnancy, I'm not sure if I'm going to need you or if I'm going to like go to a corner and just squat and do this myself. I just didn't know what it was going to be like, but Mm. oh my gosh, Zach was so amazing. We, you know, we got in our room and he shooed the nurses away and, you know, they did 30 minutes of monitoring when we first got there, but then they didn't bother me. And we turned the lights off. We set a diffuser up. Um, we had little candles and just some really nice music. And I labored in the shower for quite a while. And um, it was at that point that I, you know, the surges were coming hard and strong. And 
there were a couple of times that I would look at him and just say, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. Like this is intense. And I don't know about you, Sarah, but I had some anxiety about pooping. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure did. So, yeah. So <laughs> all day, all day, I'm like, I, I need to poop. I need to poop before, but I didn't need to go. But I was like, I really need to poop. I don't want to be pushing and have to poop. Yep. So it's so funny now because Zach totally brags about this all the time. He's like, yeah, I, I massaged her through a nice poop during a contraction. Like he feels like, he feels like Superman because of it. And it's so funny, but he, he seriously did. We were getting out of the shower after hours and hours of on the exercise ball, just in the shower. And he straddled behind me on the toilet because for some reason during the surges, all I needed was him to squeeze and rub down like my thighs as hard mm-hmm. as he could. And so I was like, if I have a contraction, like I need you to like be right here. So he, he was Superman. He straddled behind the toilet and, and massaged me right through a bowel movement. So that was fun. There you go, husbands. But, Way to go, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was probably about like 2 in the morning at this time. So we got to the hospital around 8 p.m. And I, I was in the shower most of the time. So around 2 a.m., they told me that the tub was ready. So I got out um, of the shower and I'm, I'm on all fours on the bed, just kind of waiting for the tub to get ready. And I was like, oh my gosh, you guys I have to poop again. And the nurse was like, no, that's the baby. And I'm like, are you sure? No, no, no. I just have to poop. And she's like, no, go, go ahead and push if you need to and walked out of the room. So I was like, I look at Zach and I'm like, what? what did she just say? Like, do I poop? Do I hold, do I hold it in? Like, are they going to catch her? Like, I didn't know what's happening. And I, not her. I didn't, we didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl. So, but I think in, innately, I just knew it was a girl, but so I'm about to get in the water and I was sweating bullets. I was so hot and the water is like your body temperature, which sounds amazing and nice and warm, but I was so sweaty and hot that I just didn't, I didn't want to get in, but they luckily brought me a bunch of ice and um, I, my, the pushing phase started as soon as I, as I was getting in the water and it was an interesting transition between those surges of energy and the pushing because I didn't feel that sensation that I had been feeling. And I can't tell you for sure if it was just that transition between the true hard labor and the pushing or if it was the water because the water, they do call it aquadural and I, highly recommend using water whether it's a shower or the birthing tub but I can't imagine pushing a baby out on dry land after having water birth (laughs) so once I got in the water things really slowed down but it was um so I was having the surges every minute or so and when I got in the water they were slowed down to about six minutes apart and normally you know they see that as a regression but for me I needed that rest so, so bad because my arms were so fatigued at that point. I was just holding myself on all fours for so long that my muscles were, were cramping and the water was just like such a blissful, like I was just floating there, for, you know, for five or six minutes in between. And I think that's a misconception with birth is that, you know, you don't get any breaks, but you do for between the contractions, you know, you get at least, you know, a minute or so in the hard labor. So that was a really nice resting place for me. And I had no idea, but I pushed for four hours and in the moment I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I felt like a long time, but I didn't know what time was like, I thought it was still, you know, two or three in the morning. And by the time I had Shane, they were like, okay, six thirty-six, And I was like, what time is it? 
and they told me again and I, I was just amazed because I was just so in body that I just nothing else mattered. Like when I finally had her, I didn't even know that there were two nurses like sitting next to me in the room. Like I remember hearing like these little angel voices like, Oh, such a good push. That was so good. Like these little angels in my ear, but I didn't like see them, you know? And so there were moments during the pushing phase that I, I felt like a little whimpering little kid. I was like, this is hard. I'm so bad at this. I can't do this. And I think for a while I was, I was kind of resisting the pushes. I was kind of like holding her in. I think I, I thought I was pushing, but I don't think I, I really was. I think I was like resisting it. And so once I finally surrendered, which was such a beautiful thing, she, she came on out and uh, I'll never forget that feeling of, you know, once the head comes out, their body just turning, you know, on their own in such a magical way and her coming out and then that moment of her on your chest. And, you know, I, I could hear Zach like sobbing in my ear mm-hmm. and somehow I felt like, you know, like my mom, I felt like her, she, I didn't cry. And I, I expect, I'm a very emotional person. And I expected to be just like this sobbing mess, but I just felt this strength and this certainty from shame, like that everything was just okay. And it was just so magical. I mean, it was a really good experience. That's amazing. Wow. Now, did, did yeah. Zach catch, or when baby Shane came out, so who that, was down there? So we, that was kind of like our intentions were for him to catch her, but I'd moved around so much in the water. I was on all fours for a while, but when I actually pushed her out, he was, he was um, behind me, right outside of the tub, and he had his arms underneath my arms, and I was actually kind of in a reclined position. Got it. So the midwife was on the other side, of the tub kind of like where the baby was coming out but she didn't interfere she she was giving me some counter pressure when her head was coming out but once her head came out she backed away and I am so grateful for her to that because I've seen so many videos of you know babies being pulled out and I didn't know what to expect but she backed away and that was the moment that I felt Shane twist and just like come right out and then I just kind of grabbed her and and pulled her up to my chest. So he was behind me holding me. So his head was right by my head and my ear. And, uh, you know, I could hear him just sobbing. So I knew it was over and it was really cool. So you got the scooper and bring her right to your, the skin to skin. That's yeah. awesome. And now yeah. at any point, so the midwife was there with you. Was there an OB coming mm-hmm. in and out at any given point? Or was the way you said this, no. this, this floor worked, it was like midwives run the show. Yeah, I never saw an OB. The OB I met, I think, one or two times during my prenatal visits. Um, There were three midwives in the practice, and they kind of alternated your prenatal visits. So the the weird thing for me is that you didn't know who you were going to get, which I know that's common with midwiferies. If if it is a hospital setting, if it's at home, you actually know who's coming. But um, I met the OB maybe once or twice, and and to my knowledge, what I got from it is that she only shows up if it's an emergency, Mm. if you need a C-section or something happened. So it was just the midwife coming in and out and she was assisting a labor next door to me as well. So we didn't see her a lot until the pushing phase. I think she checked me once um, at some point in the shower right after or something. And she said I was seven centimeters. So when the nurse was so casually like, Oh no, that's the baby. If you need to push, go ahead. And then walked out of the room in my mind. I'm like, but, I'm going to tear open or something. I'm only seven centimeters. What do you mean? 
but you know, that's what we manifested. We wanted them to kind of be out of our way right. yeah. there to support us and, and love us and hold that space for us, but not like tell me what to do. So it was, it was great. Wow. It was so great. I'm so grateful for the experience because you don't, I've never heard of a really, you know, good hospital experience as sad as that is. I, I just haven't. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to, to have had the experience and be able to share with women that it's so possible. You just have to trust yourself and follow your own lead. You know, don't follow the lead of what everyone's telling you. Just check in with you and your baby and your partner and, and, and guide yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it's so amazing that, that um, they were so hands-off. And, you know, you and Zach were able to set the space and spend, you know, you said 75% of the time was just the two of you. And, you know, even when baby Shane's head came out, like that to me is like, that's when the midwife goes in there and makes sure that, you know, everything else is great, but she just backed away and, and Shane came out and then you were able to grab her. That to me is, is beautiful. How hands off the whole experience was and what, what hospital did you give birth at and where was it? It was, um, so my midwifery was in town midwifery and they exclusively birth at, um, Atlanta medical center downtown. Oh, okay. We're going to put yeah. some links to there and for the, for yeah. those folks who are so here in the people listening who yeah. are on the fence yeah. about birth or maybe that's, it's not for them. They definitely want to have that experience. Yeah. Oh, I'd like the Jessica experience, please. <laughs> I, I listened to it on the doing it at home yeah. podcast and I want that package. <laughs> So it was yeah, in town midwifery and you said Atlanta Medical Center? Yes. Yes. And I think um don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure the um founder of In Town Midwifery is a co founder of the birthing center. So I know they're like okay. sister midwiferies almost. They're cool. they're connected somehow to the new birth center, but I was just a little bit my uh guest date was July fifth and they had just started taking prenatal appointments, I think, in June. But mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. yeah, we explored that option as well. We did. And um, yeah. yeah, so that, that sounds accurate, what you're saying. Yeah. Wow. Love your story. That's I, awesome. Yeah, it's, gosh. Thank you. So, so great. And you being this amazing example of having the birth of your dreams, like you talked about, owning your voice. And then you, you have had so much going on in your life, so many huge transformational, like of the <laughs> The boxes that you check of major life experiences, you're checking like 90% of them within a, a year, a calendar year. That's insane. Yeah. And they're um, in a little funny order, but we're doing them all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, you're zigging and zagging. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, what I want to ask the question that no one likes hearing, like, how do you do it? But just how, mm-hmm. how are you being throughout it? And what's some, like a nugget or two that you could leave some mamas with listening to the show about some of those big just throughout birth yeah. and, and motherhood or and the whole thing. And just you, you've had, you yeah. know, your business is about to take off. You're about to get married. Like that's a lot of stuff to have on the plate and yet you're doing it so gracefully, you know, balancing the roles and responsibilities that you've, you've Thank entered you. into. Yeah, I'm doing my best. And I guess what I would say is, I heard this quote the other day and I definitely want to find the podcast for you guys because I just heard this the other day and it spoke to me so profoundly. Um, it was actually a chiropractor speaking about being a doula, um, and, and having her own children. And she said that she wasn't prepared for a loss 
during her birth. And I didn't understand what she meant right away. And, you, you know, we speak of transformation and how, how this affects our lives. And we just kind of, we turn into a new person. But she, she acknowledged during, you know, pregnancy and birth and motherhood, you know, you expect the birth of the baby and you expect the birth of a mother, but you don't really prepare for the loss of a, the young woman that you are. And you don't really expect to grieve the loss of the young child in you, you know, and that spoke to me so profoundly. And that actually helped me heal a lot from just the whole experience, even though it was wonderful, it's still emotional. So I think just acknowledging and honoring who you are and how much goes into creating life, you know, just acknowledge and honor the young woman that you have grown up through and the mother that you are becoming. Mm. And it'll guide you wherever you need to go. You know, I, I, I believe the universe guides us and gives us exactly what we need and guides us where we need to go. So that was really powerful for me. So that may speak to other women on some level the way that it did to me. I'm sure it will. I'm sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for leaving us with that. And just thank you for hanging out with us and sharing your amazing story. Um, Very honored. Really, really appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys as well. And as sad as I am that I'm moving, I feel I'm so happy you have this podcast because I feel like I can hang out with you guys just by like listening <laughs> to a couple every now and then. So I feel like we're buddies. Totally. We're be far away. Yeah, we could develop code or something. So when we drop a certain phrase in an episode, <laughs> you'll know we're talking to you. <laughs> That'd be great. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be able to share my experience and to listen to all the stories from all the other mamas on your podcast thank you guys for your service this is so beautiful this is what women need mm, oh, we, we received that yeah. yeah thank you jessica you're welcome thank you guys anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.